morning and welcome to Tuesday. How's everybody doing today? Great. Ready for another Noodleberg Daily Huddle. Thanks for everybody for showing up here this morning. And if you're listening to it on replay, whenever you're listening to it, thank you for being here with us. So Mark, I have a question for you. Your quotes way back when was you're either playing hurt or you're hurt playing or you're injured. Well, no, you're either hurt or you're injured, right? You can't okay. play injured. If you're injured, you're out. Okay. Like, so, so when I'm you get playing. up every day, you have to ask yourself, am I hurt or am I injured? I am playing hurt. hurt today. I am fighting through. Uh, first of all, thank you to Jake. Because Jake, when he, we got done with our meeting, and then he got done with your meeting, he said, hey, you need anything. And I said, chicken, chicken noodle soup would be great. So I had chicken noodle soup, Dayquil, and hot tea. And it was... It was a beautiful thing. So, recovery, uh, I, recovery, 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 recovery. Then I, uh, I got up. I did a light workout with him, steam shower, all that, mm, ready to go stuff. So, uh, um, Lori sent me a text last night, which she does often, and I love that. I love that. It's like at 11, 12 o'clock usually. She knows I'm sleeping, but um, she sent me a quote. She did not send who did the quote. <laughs> she just goes. Here, here's I mean, like she here, here's the thing, you know, you don't have to only listen to Deion Sanders. If you don't like Deion Sanders, which I think he's polarizing, you could be you a lot of people him. don't like Deion. Correct. But what he says, I, I like so when he talks about confidence, that that stuff that we've talked about, about don't let, you know, it's all about your insecurities. Well, she came, she sends me something very intriguing, but doesn't say who it is. <laughs> So this morning I said, great quote. Who is it? Who is it? It's Sarah Blakely. So boom, there's Sarah. Repeat after me. Never dim your light to make someone more comfortable. Um, so she basically says the same exact thing as him coming from a female perspective. So Lori, uh, shout out to you, but comment on it. Yeah, no, I love and in and the one line in there says if they think you're too bright, too big, too loud, too smart, too confident, too funny, it's a reflection of their own insecurities. The world needs you to shine bright. So and Deion Sanders says, right, don't let my confidence affect offend your insecurities. Um, and I think she says, you know, specifically women. We tend to to not want to be categorized, right, as the bitch or the, you know, the the relentless one or whatever. Uh, which is why I picked that name for my company because I would I'm leaning into it. You know what? Just like she said, I, I find so. First of all, for those that don't know, Sarah is married to Jesse Itzler. So you're talking about a power couple. Imagine what goes on at dinner in in their house. <laughs> but she's just such a great story of somebody who had persistence and, you know, stayed at what she did. She recently sold uh, the majority share of her company. First time they've taken in money to Blackstone, but she is all about women leadership. Mm -hmm. She made it a stipulation that the board of her company remain all women. About that, You know, and she yeah. is very all about funding women's organizations, but I would say that whether you're male or female, I think when people show up with strength and confidence, it does offend other people. They, you know, and that's that is truly their insecurities. I don't know that it's male, female. I think it's in general. Mark, your thought? 
Yeah, was uh, yeah. I mean, I definitely it's tougher for females to come off with Thank confidence you, and to come off with you know bullshit. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, not that's bullshit. A, that's a reality that you that you have to that you have to talk about. Which you know we we did talk about last year. We'll talk about again at the at the women's summit this year. But I think if some if if somebody rubs you the wrong way because they're being who they are, then you have to check yourself, right? Yes. Like. If if somebody being out there or somebody being confident and somebody talking about their confidence bothers you, then you have the problem, right? Because there's nothing that they could be doing that's talking about themselves or what they want to do or how they want to do it or how they go about their business that should offend you because it's got nothing to do with you. It's got everything to do with them and who they are and what they do and how they do it. And that should never bother. There is another side to that, though. There are people who show up and they're not genuine and authentically showing up with confidence. They're actually, their ego is, you know, basically putting themselves out there in a disingenuous way. And you can see that a mile away. So whether it's male or female, if you're not showing up genuine, you know, talking about what you do as opposed to talking about how you do something are two very different things. Right. So if you are bragging on accolades and right. you are talking about results and you're being braggadocious about braggadocious. the way that you talk about, you know, what the what instead of talking about the how, if you listen to Dion, he talks about how talks about what the expectation is and what has to happen or how it has to happen and all of the behaviors that are associated with being excellent. So like to me, it, it's wh it, what's the context of what you're talking about? What's the content of what you're talking about? And at the end of the day, like there's no way that I should be allowing somebody else and the way they operate to make me feel uncomfortable if I'm secure in myself. Ah, that's the last part is the most important part. If I am secure in myself. Right. Which that is the key. There's so many people who come from a place of jealousy and a place of insecurity. Um, and insecurity, they try to put it back right. on us. And, yeah. and and we have to make conscious decisions. And thank you, Mark, for recognizing, and I know you were kidding, Steve, um, that it is more prevalent in, in women. Men are expected to be strong and confident, right? It's just how we kind of grew up. Um, but so anyway. Yeah, I, I love the whole conversation. I, I really do. But the, the, the caveat here is that Everybody experiences fear and doubt. I don't care how confident you show up. Fear and doubt are human emotions that the best of the best have built a toolbox to counteract that. You know, Mark, you know, you talked about guys throwing up, you know, before they went out on the field, players and coaches and whatever, that adrenaline that there is a there is something there that you need to manage. And I think that's the other side of confidence is like, you know preparation and you guys have gone at this a long self-awareness self-awareness right yeah. understanding how to communicate is is the next part of it well, right we are like to a fiery start this morning we haven't even woken this thing up so uh let's wake up we'll go back to uh Lori's conversation and mark's conversation about compensation because we do keep score and when you when you do well you get paid well
So, by the way, congratulations, guys. What a way to start the show. I mean, he's talking about lighting a time bomb. The energy yeah. is, is, is incredible. So let's go back to this conversation about compensation slash incentive. And I'll, I'll pull it back to the conversation I had with the group that I spoke to this week. They're competing against, from a salary perspective, against Starbucks, you know, uh, Hooters, whatever. Yeah in that range of what can I make? So, and then I had this conversation with one of my clients yesterday who said they're competing with academia. You know, they're another philanthropic organization where raising money in academics is they get paid more than philanthropy. So um, thoughts on how to pay people. Well, I think you have to think about the way you look at the word pay and recognize that not everybody is financially motivated. It's not a money conversation for everybody. So like Lori talked about, you know, well, there's, you know, what are the tools in our toolbox? There's PTO and there's work from home and there's, you know, or the hybrid work environment. But also a, a lot for a lot of people, it's about equity in the business, not necessarily in sense of true ownership and equity in, in dollar amount or in stock options, but equity in how do I get to make an impact here? Where's my ownership? What do I get responsibility for? What do I get to have my own blank canvas on? So I think before you enter into a, a pay conversation, you have to figure out what people really value in terms of their career and their growth, and then try to structure it creatively based on the things that are important to them. I think Lori's loading up to get with a right hand. Boom, here it comes. So uh, I call bullshit. <laughs> girl. I call, I we, call have bullshit. Have a, we have to have another slide that she and Here's up. why. <laughs> People say that. I'm saying this from experience of leading <laughs> teams in the last three organizations. People say it's not all about money. It's about the flexibility. It's about the PTO. Guess what? It's about all of it. Yeah. If they don't just want oh, totally. that I'm and not, not saying there's no pay. financial component to it. I'm just saying that's not the main driver for everybody. No, but uh, you know what? I disagree. That's what they say to us because they don't want to sound. Sometimes they don't always want to sound like money is the driving factor. Okay. Right. They want to come off more humble or whatever, which I respect. I totally respect because going in saying I want more money is obnoxious, right? Let's face it. But if I go in saying, yeah, the money is important to me, but all these other things are, are so much more important to me or are equally as important to me, I have watched it. And then it becomes, I need more. I want more incentives. I want more PTO. I want more money. I want more bonus. I Oh, and then I got, you know, well, my evaluation drives my bonus. So I need to, when I do my self-evaluation, I have to give myself all fives because otherwise I won't get the bonus. That's a clear sign, right? That it's all about, that is about money. So I, they call bullshit because let's just be honest. It is absolutely for most people. I'm not saying everybody, but for most, my opinion is from my experience, it is money is the driving factor. And but they want all of it. A confident woman sharing that opinion. So. <laughs> I'm letting yeah, my I'm light not, shine. I'm not arguing that most people it's not the driver for. All I'm saying is, is you know, you said yesterday business hasn't caught up to the where to where 
or sports organizations are structured in how they compensate people, right? Well, in order for us to get up, in order for us to move, you got to be willing to look at it differently. And the problem with the majority of the way we do things is that we just keep looking at it the same way. And we're not looking at it from another side of the table or we're going, well, this is what my experience has told me up to this point. So this is the solution I'm going to create for it. And all I'm saying is we just got to look at it differently. So let me let me share this. Let me share this. So, Lori, you said um, people are programmed to come in and ask for more. It it is self-defeating if you don't get more, more. I need more. I need more. You are frowned upon if you say Here's where I'm good. I'm comfortable. I like working here. I'm fulfilled. It's good for me. Society looks at you like you're a loser because you can't stay here. You have to be moving forward or you're moving backward. So I think inherently people are programmed by society to want more. That puts a stress on businesses to say your position does not warrant more. Running backs are feeling oh. better than now. They're going, listen. Right. I, but, yeah, when all all money, but we're not going to pay that position more. So it, it, it inherently goes against the grain. And here's how I fixed it and on the ball early on. And, I, and I, I was thought of as either crazy or innovative. But I said, listen, I'm in an entrepreneurial boat. If we don't do new business and raise the bar, We go away. Nobody gets paid. So I said, here's what we need to do. And if we go above that, I'm willing to share that with the organization. Not all of it. Everything above what we needed to do. And I called it the partner program. Shay will, you know, attest to it that we... The bullshit? The bullshit? The bullshit. Well done, Jay. Well done, Jay. (laughs) Very good. So, so that (laughs) love it, Jay. Good one. But but Shay has stayed with us, and the only way Shay could grow or to earn more was to be part of the top line, not on his own bucket. He shared. He got his, and then where he really saw growth was top line. We did this. So I shared in that. It doesn't work in every company, right? And when you're a smaller entrepreneur, right, or or a company, I mean, listen, on the ball compared to a, you know, whatever, some big conglomerate or compared to a nonprofit, you can do that. Nonprofits, their hands are tied, number one. We cannot give commission, right? So there are laws that that guide us, number one. Number two- Right. But well, there's bonuses. We can't do a percentage of what you bring in, that kind of thing. So we have to be careful how we word it. But you talked about messy yesterday, getting all these incentives. And at the end of the day, they were all money. Okay. Apple subscriptions, right? (laughs) A piece of the the stuff that's sold. We don't have that in a lot of companies, especially if you're a service company, maybe there's something, but I'm just saying we don't have the same opportunities. So here, I disagree wholeheartedly. Because well, definitely not with nonprofit. You forget about nonprofit. Every business is trying to drive higher top line revenue. So forget about what you do, what your widget is. If you say, okay, 
line, we go and grow the business 10%, which is what Mark's mantra is. Mark said, I don't care about hockey stick. I want to do 10% year over year. If you say I'm willing to take 1% of that growth, if we hit a 10% growth, I'm giving 1% back. Every single company can do that because they do. The bigger the company, they have stock options, they have 401k, they have lots of ways to compensate people based on top line bonus. We hit this, there's a give back. Would you rather, and I used to say this and I still do, if you grow the business, what percentage of that business are you willing to share back with the people who made it happen? Right. <laughs> you can't do it alone. Well, Lori, where's the where's the hiccup in that for you for a nonprofit? Well, we can't give stock. We don't have stock options, right? Right. There's no stock we options, but there there's revenue. There's right? revenue, but you can't take. In other words, like you guys can take the revenue out of your business and pay and give it to yourselves, right? Sure. Or give it to the employees. We can't do that. Right. We can programs. do bonuses. We can do salaries. But I will also tell you that it's very scrutinized by donors because everything we do is public record. Ah, ah. So there is some optics to it, depending on the category right. you're in. And real innovation will come when someone says, look at your own business and how you incent people. Why would you do it differently in philanthropy? I agree with you, and it, changing, and it is changing, Good. but I still go back to, at the end of the day, what I have seen from the people that work in, in at least in nonprofits, because I can only speak to that for the last few years, right? Corporate years ago, while they talk about 401k and they talk about PTO and, you know, I saw, I think it was Jonathan who talked about flexibility. Okay, Jonathan, if I say to you, okay, flexibility is really important to you. So we're not going to give a bonus or, you know, anything this year. We're do, we're going to do flexibility. It, at the end of the day, look, money is, is the, that's, that's it's asinine to say live. that though, Lori, like why would it be all or nothing? Oh, what I'm I saying is, bullshit coming on. I feel a bullshit. Come on, shit. I think the a bullshit, the bullshit, a bullshit. To me, to structure everybody's bonus the same way is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous thing to do. If everybody's bonus was structured based on the thing that was important to them. If, if Jonathan Aaron says to me, the two things that are most important to me are more paid time off and flexibility of where I work from, then I'm going to say, great. 90% of your bonus then is going to be given to you in time off and in, in workplace flexibility, the other 10% will be in compensation. And he goes, whoa, 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 I don't want that much. What if we did it 50-50? What if you took the financial value and gave me half of that in PTO and half of that in actual dollars, I'd be happy, which would not be the same conversation that says, to for somebody who says, I want to come to work every day. I don't ever want to take a vacation because I don't like vacations. I want everything in monetary yeah. value. Those people could be in the exact same role in the organization and they would have very different structured bonuses that would allow you to feed that person the way they want to be fed, which would change the way somebody operates inside of an organization. Well, here's an interesting thing. So right now, there, there's very little negotiation that employees have. They can't really do that. Right. Real innovation would be, hey, talk to my agent. <laughs> right, right. 
<laughs> well, I don't know if that's true anymore about negotiation. I think COVID changed that. I think employees are absolutely negotiating these days. Not It was not like that before COVID, in my opinion. But I mean, maybe you had some one or two people who would come and, and negotiate, but you it is it is the norm now for yeah. people to do that. So I don't know that that's true. But listen, I, I just think that Look, there are studies that that people use, right, for compensation so that people are paid fairly. You know, the sad part, Mark, is that when it's a company, when there's, you know, even if it's 40, 50 people, they all talk to each other, right? Um, And so if I'm incentivizing you one way and I'm incentivizing somebody else another way, and I hear this, well, why do the development people get a bigger bonus? Or why do the incentive development salespeople get paid more money? Well, when you want to go raise a million dollars a year or sell a million dollars a year, you will make that money too. But sure. the position that you're in doesn't warrant, right? Doesn't That's not the norm. That's so, the reality that you have to deal with. I agree. But when I say that, there's, there's more that goes with, I don't disagree with you. And we do do things differently, right? You, For you do. You do do. <laughs> don't do do. Whatever you, you do on the show. There's no do do on this show. Only bullshit. <laughs> Only bullshit. Right? Uh, um, but but the craziest you- thing is, here's the craziest thing. The show is ending. Yeah. When we started, we said, "What what were we going to talk about with uh, compensation and innovation?" Right. <laughs> we just the whole show. So Lori, you're fine. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Like, <laughs> I mean, about the five shifts of leadership. Anyway. That, that yeah. you made a good point here today, which I think is a, another mindset shift that has to happen in business. Whereas everybody should be looked at as a free agent. Everybody right. should be looked at as an individual talent. And you should look at yourself that way. If you feel obligated to stay at an organization or, then you don't really understand your self-worth or you haven't put enough development into your self-worth to warrant something that's more valuable or a different situation or something like that that is a better fit for you. So so you and, and I, I, I want to make one comment, and, and this is something I want to say, and I was going to talk about it if we had talked about the five ships of leadership someday, maybe someday. But the, but the point is, you know, I see every single person in our company as a leader. Titles don't make leaders. Okay. So let me start with that premise. The second part is this is not just a CEO or a senior team person, right? Conversation. We all need to be changing our mindset. Those that are getting paid, those that are making the bigger decisions, we all need to change our mindset. But I think what, what, where we are today is what I see is it is expected more of the C titles, right? The higher titles that we need to make the changes. We need to make the shifts, right? Correct. I don't see that responsibility being talked about as much in the other levels, mid levels and, and ah, other levels. Whose responsibility is that to foster that? I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I'm just saying that mindset, when I hear all these workshops and all these things about mindset, it's typically directed to the C-level. We need to direct it. What I'm suggesting is it needs to be directed and fostered at every level. 
Right. Well, yes, so every level. think about this, and this is part of our coaching. We are coaching people, teaching people about an entrepreneurial mindset. Doesn't matter where in the ecosystem you fit, you could be working with and or for somebody, but still be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs are betting on themselves to get results, to get whatever they want. You know, my wish list has changed to Jeanette's point. My, my wish list has changed over the years yeah. from all out money to, hey, you know, there's more to life than the money side of things. But I'll tell you what, you have a conversation with, who's, with people who are not making money. It's a very different conversation. Yeah, right. you, know? Yeah. you know, so so all of this is relevant. All of this is about change. But if everybody in your organization had an entrepreneurial mindset and basically bet on themselves to get what they want, your organization would explode. True. It would be so active and so functioning because you have all people who are trying to get theirs as part of the tribe. And so when we talk about, oh, so I get, we can't do it tomorrow because it's Wednesday, but at some point we should throw on the docket. We're going to talk about the entrepreneurial mindset on the show. That's yeah, a great thing. Next, how do we way, foster that? How do we foster that? Right. Inside and of part of that here? mindset is, okay, my bonus is not just based on my performance. It's based on the performance of the organization. Correct. Sounds really good, but I can tell you from experience, I watch it every day. That at the end of the day, here's what I hear. What I met Michael. Right. Like, what, what, <laughs> so you can't have it both ways, I guess. Well, that's that's yeah. fostering a team environment, which would be different. So. Yes. And great job. Money, that's hard. Great job. 24 minutes after the hour, no music, no nothing, just a whole <laughs> lot whole of bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day. We will be breaking down the blog tomorrow. So if you have not seen the blog, make sure you get over to our website and read the blog for this week or yeah. sign up for the newsletter so it can be delivered to you right in your inbox. Have a great Tuesday. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Let's, Let's get, get down. Friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business Let's get down, let's get down to business